This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. You can find all my work at mjmunoz.com. This is Story Over Everything, episode 22, Growbug Tales Whip, or Work in Public, uh, chapter 7, and <laughs> chapter, uh, actually, children's picture book number 4, Rewrite. So, I talk about it later on, so I'll just let you go through the experience with me. It's going to be a lot of audio for me in different places, dictating or... Uh, speaking notes and thinking about story aloud uh, into the microphone, into the phone, and uh, sending that to you. So that's what you're going to get in this episode. And by the end of it, I have some really cool progress that I've made, and I'm going to tell you all about that at the end of the episode. So I will let it evolve and then do the recap at the end and let it be that for now. And that's it. So I'm starting to do my audio recording for transcription of chapter 7 of Growbug Tales. This is the beginning of Growbug Tales. Growbug Tales chapter 7 features Hiss. It is the retelling from Hiss's perspective of Cat and the Growbug. For some background, and I guess this is spoilers for Cat and the Growbug, but this book comes out before then, it tells the other side of the story, it's not really intended for the children's audience, plus there's the story beyond it, and I'm telling a different, totally different perspective, which I think will be okay. Anyway, in Cat and the Growbug, Hiss is a moth growbug who is actually in need of help from somebody, and uh, she's in need of a friend to help her see through what she's stuck in, and basically... Uh, she was infected by, infected and affected by a spore from a, <laughs> from a spud of despair, I believe is what I called it. I'm not looking at my notes, it's all off memory. And she became a spectator. I think, or a spooktator, that's what it is. So, she's a lumpy looking, weird ghost thing trapped in a labyrinth of despair sprouted by the spud of despair spore getting in her and blossoming. So she's in a state where as this spooktator she is utterly sad and lonely and depressed basically. And <laughs> you could even say she's a bit of a couch potato. And she can't get up and do these things on her own. And instead, this maladaptive behavior takes place where she attempts to capture people who come into her way, or who, you know, ha happen across her path. And the goal is to take happy memories from them and feed off of them. But the problem is that affected as she is by the spore of the spud of despair and in the state of being a mere spooktator even consuming the good wholesome happy memories of others is not enough to bring her joy and happiness it may last for a moment but it can't go beyond that and that's really sad <laughs> that's really sad and I guess I'm sort of talking about depression, but also friendship and teamwork with the story, because in that book, Cat feels excluded and alone because her cousins, who happen to be the other Growbug kids, Rex, Ava, 
and Harmony, uh, they're over for a sleepover, and it's not going the way she wants, and she feels that they are excluding her, and that leads her to a negative emotion spiral, which is seized upon by this spooktator, and then all of them are drawn into the spooktator's labyrinth, and in there, you know, she attempts to harvest memories from them, but it will never work, and it ultimately the kids escape through teamwork and helping each other and the grow bugs come and rescue them and then cat who also escapes along with her cousins and their grow bugs uh is outside of the labyrinth and the grow bugs fight as a team but you know individually doing their own tactics to try to defeat the spooktator which has become enraged and has taken a you know violent uh visceral form and is attacking these children and their grow bugs because it wants to seize them for their happiness and uh, Ava has no not Ava cat has the bright idea for the grow bugs to combine so that they can become a more powerful being yes this is uh, it's organic gata it's a combination robot well no they don't they turn into little machines and then they turn into a combination robot a la Power Rangers or Super Sentai better yet and uh, while they are fighting the Spooktator and having some successes, I believe they're unable to actually overcome it. And what happens instead is that Cat recognizes that the reason the Spooktator is attacking is because it is broken and sad and empty and hollow. And she feels the same way because she knows how it feels. She has sympathy which I believe is the correct word. It's when you know the actual feeling versus empathy is when you can understand the feeling intellectually and you feel badly for the person because of that. But she is resonating sympathetically with the grow bug, who she doesn't know is a grow bug, who's a spooktator, who's attacking them because she knows that deep down inside uh, it is hurt and alone and just wants a friend. So she runs back into the labyrinth, finds her way to the center of it where... Uh, where the grow bug, uh, the bee grow bug, who goes by the name of something or other, which I forgot. Hold on, let me check my list real quick. Who goes by the name of Hiss is trapped and alone and unable to escape from the cage of sorrow and sadness that she's in, when in reality, the cage of sorrow and sadness is open on one side and she's just turned around, not looking at the empty space, only looking at the bars and seeing that she cannot escape. However, her interaction with Cat and Cat's bid or offer to be her friend awakens her and helps her to turn around and see the truth that all she has to do is come out of the cage and she can be free of her sadness and uh, together they leave the monster outside disappears the spooktator is no more and the labyrinth dissipates and uh this grow bug is reunited with you know this grow bug now has a friend of a human hiss is now friends with cat <laughs> see what i did there and cat and the grow bugs and her cousins uh all embrace hiss and i believe they have a fun sleepover party late into the night uh, before the grow bugs have to leave and go on their own. So, with that summary of 
cat and the grow bug with the understanding of the issue that Hiss is dealing with and the fact that Hiss is actually in, not in the majority of the book because she's taking this other form, the form of this spooktator, how do I tell that story? When Swoosh took over, who is from uh, Ava in the grow bug, she acknowledged that in the story of Twang and Hya that there was the power of love that helped them out in that situation. But she advocated for, uh, this might be spoilers for the book, the power of courage instead. Because if you have the courage of heart, you can do anything regardless of whether or not you love somebody. And maybe in some strange way, you can even see courage as being a form of love. It's a love so big and brave that it won't be intimidated. And it's a love so profound and compassionate that it doesn't really care who it's risking its life for. Which I think is super interesting. In Harmony and the Grow Bug, the Harmony and the Grow Bug story is about empathy, but the story that Wisp tells instead, Wisp the Butterfly, Grow Bug, is one of not joyfully accepting whatever comes to you because it is ultimately something happening for you, not to you, but it acknowledges that through the darkness and through the difficulties, there is growth and there is strength found or an opportunity for growth to be had and strength to be found. And in a way, it talks about like heroic service and duty to others because while Harmony does basically break free of her delusion on her own, really with the help of her parents, in the, in the dream world. Um, it is only through being empowered by Wisp that she's able to actually overcome the conflict and the difficulty she was facing. So she was misled, was blind, was confused. She gained clarity, but then along with her clarity, clarity and being correct about something is not enough. You need to have the power and the ability to do something. So Harmony... Uh, got the power and the maybe the agency or maybe she already had the agency but she didn't have the effective leverage or the, the tools that she needed to actually affect the change she wanted to and Wisp became that for her in kind of a mechanistic cold way like she wasn't mean or anything but it wasn't like oh I love you my friend it's you're my friend I'm going to help you it's you're in trouble you need help I'm going to help you in whatever way I can and here with Cat and the grow bug, we have Cat rescuing Hiss, the grow bug, from her sadness and despair, and helping Hiss helped Cat. She empathized with Cat, or with Hiss rather, and was able to offer her the thing that she needed most, and in doing so, she became whole, and that power and that beauty and that light was shared and spread and it broke through the darkness that was consuming both of them. So then relating that back to this story, does that mean... I totally got interrupted, had a conversation or two, and now I cannot remember. Does that mean what? Does that imply that I should do what with Cat and the Grow Up? Harmony was helped in a not you know, in a neutral, just way, good way, because that's what grow bugs do. And now 
this girl bug is lost and hurt and in need of help and Kat is the one who ends up doing it in that book. So that's because she empathizes and has sympathy with her and you know wants to break through the darkness because she had felt the pain of being friendless and lonely and didn't want somebody else to feel that way. So when she went outside of herself, she, you know, broke through that. But what does that mean? And what is the lesson that Hiss has for the Grobug Cadets? Is it that Grobug Cadets can go bad too? I don't know. Uh, I actually am thinking that I should use that concept that grow bags grow bugs can go bad too and maybe and this is not dictation this is actually for developing the book later the cybugs are a thing from harmony and the grow bug uh in the background you don't know about it through reading the book and or at least i don't think you do i don't think i mention it them in there at all but it's in my backstory and my notes that I made on developing the story and they're this whole other thing and I didn't know what to do with the cybugs or where they came from or anything like that uh, except I do have a notion of somebody using animal cyborgs even including insects for different purposes and it just hit me what if a grow bug can go bad and what if the first cybug like it's a fallen angel a fallen grow bug and what if the first cybug is actually a growbug who's fallen and become corrupted because of whatever. And it can be kind of like a, you know, cool motive, still murder situation where, and I'm not going to go over the backstory, but you know, something happened with this growbug. Maybe it's a very old, uh, high ascended growbug, um, a growbug, uh, oh, what do you call that? Not wizard. Whatever. I can't remember what the highest level of grow bug is, but maybe it's one of those and it fell and it's become an enemy of mankind now. Instead of fulfilling its purpose, it's doing the opposite. And maybe it's doing that through um, somehow it got mixed up with these, with the Project Apex or whatever it's called that generates these animal cyborgs. And it actually sends an army of cybugs out to destroy these grow bugs. And maybe all of this happens not too, too long after the harmony and the grow bug situation because cybugs were interfered with at that time by well they were interfered with uh, i think by the actions of uh wisp that were not included in this book or in that book because i kind of want to put them in a different book um but what if we have that uh you know army of evil cybug things sent by a corrupted growbug and that part of this story that Hiss is going to tell is how she fell into that darkness, proving that grow bugs can fall into darkness, can become corrupted, can have these negative things happen to them, and then that can be turned into uh, a point that she makes, and that can be seeding and foreshadowing this evil cybug, evil grow bug behind these cybugs that are going to come attack their camp. And that way it's bug on bug action that can be kind of more interesting, more exciting. That's at least a thought for now. Getting back on track for what is the story that I want to tell for Hiss's side of things in Growbug Tales. I do like the idea of mentioning or speaking about touching on the vulnerability of Growbugs 
to fall, I don't know if I want it to be, I don't know, like Jedi where, you know, you're afraid that you're going to fall to the dark side and you can be seduced by the dark side because that, I don't think that makes sense that just the grow bugs can be doing something and then they can make the wrong choice and then slowly that wrong choice will corrupt them and turn them evil. I was considering the danger presented to be that of loneliness or yeah, maybe like the corruption of being alone because while the grow bugs do have to act as independent operators in the field, that's just them at the tip of the spear. Behind them, you have the seers and the keepers who work to maintain the Grobuck society and to connect them to humans, uh, you know, children who are in danger from hobnots, that they can perform their duty that they were made for. I had a thought about maybe, you know, using the a chain is only as strong as its weakest link type argument and maybe linking that with the chitin of a young bug is soft and flexible and doesn't offer that much protection versus the chitin of an older grow bug is going to be rigid and very strong and able to defend them and maybe talking about the group as like a shell or shield or barrier and that there are soft spots and when they're stressed they can become hardened but I don't know if that's accurate and I don't know why they would know about chains necessarily or why they would you know, use chains if the grow bug cadets would know about chains. That doesn't really make sense. Do I have Hiss explain how she got to the point where the spore of the sorrow spud had an effect on her? Because I would think that, well, yeah, it would kind of be interesting if it could only have an effect on you if you lacked resolve or lacked the strength of heart. And I kind of, I'm okay with Hiss being cautious and, I don't know, coming from this place of vulnerability and weakness uh, where she feels badly about having, you know, become a hobnot, which is kind of what Hya was saying. So that's maybe a little too repetitious. But I was thinking maybe she should be cautious and like dubious about things now. And what if that kindness, or that caution rather, uh, is kind of what endears her to Russell? And maybe she's, you know, the fully mature balanced portion or balanced uh, iteration of that where she has the caution, but she also has the strength to act decisively when she must. Like she's still an operable field agent because she's able to balance that out. She can be cautious. She might be a little, you know, slow or whatever at certain things, but she's gonna get in the thick of it when the time is right. And maybe that can contrast with, I feel like Chirp probably uh, resonates with Whoosh, or was it Swoosh? Okay, I think it's Whoosh. Maybe it's Swoosh. I, let's go with Swoosh for now. But the Ladybug from Ava and the Growbug. One of Hiss's story tells of how she became ensnared by the labyrinth of loneliness and the spud of despair spore and it's almost a cautionary tale and an, an, an advisement to 
the Groba cadets about how they need to use discretion and caution in the field so that they don't become, well, so that they don't become entrapped and weak and in need of assistance like she became, and instead they can be strong, resilient, adaptable, uh, you know, members of Grobuck society that can help, that can help them. Almost like her story is a story of the virtue of caution, and again, that can be something that, uh, <laughs> that Russell really resonates with. And it can be something that bothers Chirp, and maybe there can be another back and forth uh, featuring the Grubba Cadets, but mostly the two of them as they talk about what uh, what she did. What if I use as a subtitle for this story from Chapter 7, Hiss and the Sorrow Spud, a tale of the virtue of caution. Or how I learned to start worrying and take care of myself. I was thinking that I did want to focus on the dangers within and the dangers without. You know, they know about the dangers of external things like shadows and whatnot. But are they thinking about and are they concerned about the dangers within, which are that a lack of caution, a lack of care, a lack of focus, just because they're grow bugs doesn't mean that they're invincible and invulnerable. You know, uh, we saw Hya get infected by the Vexivore. Uh, Twang did to an extent as well, even though that was more on purpose. But that they are susceptible and that there is danger for them. Maybe bring home the fact that there's danger. It's not just a fear, not just a fear or caution of them falling and becoming corrupted, which is much more, or which is very unlikely to happen. But there is the caution that they have to have because they aren't invulnerable like I said and things can happen to them which will end their mission and that's not good and those things come from maybe a lack of focus, a lack of caution, a lack of self-awareness so it's good, it's wise to have an understanding that they're all part of a chain they're all part of <laughs> a chain even though they don't understand chains, they're all part of something bigger and interconnected and it's the duty of each member to take care of themselves as best as they can for the good of the collective so that they can all continue to keep on their mission. And because of that, they need to not slack off, to not forget themselves, to not let themselves become complacent. Almost like saying there is a duty for you as... A grow bug as a field agent as someone who has the responsibility to save the lives of others that you need to take care of yourself and courage isn't enough you need to temper it with caution because if you don't you're going to foolishly rush into a situation and have yourself turned into a liability, an enemy, or some strange thing in between, like the spook chater. I suppose right now the question I'm asking myself is, what was 
Hiss doing that got her stuck? There's a couple questions. What got her stuck with the spud spore? The sorrow spud spore or whatever it's called. What got her stuck with that? And then was she chained to the location where this happened? And or was she able to move around? And then another question, what is a sorrow spud? And why does it exist? Is it animal, vegetable, or mineral? I'm gonna say it's not mineral. <laughs> uh, it's definitely vegetable to some extent. I wonder if it can be a vegetable that has a way of feeding itself which is to be parasitic or like a virus uh, I guess parasitic is more accurate and it interacts with a life form and it alters it and changes it and then turns that thing into a host to gather more uh, energy and life force to itself and I think I like the idea of it being tied to a single location so that it can hold on to the, it can kind of like conserve energy and it's kind of like a Sarlacc. It stays in one place and doesn't do anything other than try to feed and keep existing. Honestly, a Sarlacc comes to mind. If I didn't already say that, I had to pause my recording real quick, but I'm back. Uh, and I think that that approximates a natural system. Now this could be, let's just say that it's an, I, I really love the concept of invasive species being uh, enemies or foes. And part of that is because I like to think about things being in a naturalistic way. I, I like to have a, a natural or realistic construction to my worlds. And when you have invasive species, there's nothing that predates them. And therefore, they go out of control and they throw the ecosystem out of balance. And it's not that every single one of those entities or, you know, life forms need to be, because well, it could be plant twos, uh, needs to be destroyed off of the face of the planet. It's that it doesn't, it's not well suited to this environment. And maybe other things can be brought in here to balance it out and bring it into, well, a sense of balance and have a natural order be restored or a new natural order grafted onto somewhere where there had been a disruption because there is such thing as equilibrium and things will uh, swing both ways until they finally come to uh, a median but that the truth is that since there are many factors and we have you know open systems within the planet uh, that you have all these different things interfering with each other and interacting with each other and creating all sorts of uh, edges and uh, areas of friction and opportunity and just anyway it's it's just really interesting and I think you can get so much good solid logical reasonable types of conflict out of those things without saying this is evil well okay it doesn't it devastates this area because there's nothing to counteract it if there were a natural thing that counteracted it here or if we had something that adapted to it to uh, counteract it then it would fall into a harmonious you know mean and that would be fine. It'd be great. Maybe we could even manipulate things like that to, uh, at least on a micro scale, to m bring about some desired effect that we want. It's a, anyway the way nature works. It's almost like, uh, like if you ever built a, a Yu-Gi-Oh deck. I only have, I don't have experience with like magic, but if you built like a Yu-Gi-Oh deck, like the way you can get the 
cards that run in there to operate in a certain way uh, as far as effects or magic spells or different types of you know types of monster fairy monster light monster whatever you can use different tactics to create like a little sub ecosystem within them that they connect to each other and they have a network effect that's higher with each other that's more capable and I think that's really a neat idea anyway uh, what I was saying was or to get back to my point is I like this idea of a naturalistic a natural mimicking system of things in my world so if this you know spud spore <laughs> spud spore if this sorrow spud uh, is some sort of plant and I think it should look like a potato and act like a potato that's funny um, and kind of neat um, act like a potato <laughs> oh man um, maybe it's even something under the ground specifically and for whatever reason so I, I need to come up with a reason that Hiss was in there and got affected by it now that I have a good grasp and understanding of this and to summarize uh, and that's a key word there ChatGPT to summarize, or the summary of this would be that the sorrow spud spore, which is called that by people who encounter it in our world, comes from another world, and it is an invasive species here. And what it does is it immobilizes other life forms, and then it feeds off of them. And in order to keep itself and them alive, it, one, immobilizes them to minimize their energy expenditure, and two, it causes them to become a funnel, basically, in order to bring more nutrient to itself through whatever means. So let's say the sarospud spore has a tentacle or a spore that connects to a life form and then a connection is formed based on that to the spud itself or the spud roots and then from that other branches come out one organism hits that two organisms hit that and then from them it's on opposite sides they branch out even farther and maybe their feelers reach out towards each other and you can have crossover between them or a, a nice expanding uh, branching structure and you can basically get this very far, very fast branching out uh, with almost like rhizomes, if you think about uh, plants, uh, like the grasses, including uh, like bamboo, uh, and those spread out, and then where they can, they sprout up, and it just kind of goes from there. So yeah, it's a very natural system, and for whatever reason, and let's say it's not that it's in Cat's backyard, it's somewhere else that it started, and they're cutting off hiss from that branch of the sorrow spud structure and you know there's more to be dealt with and maybe that's something that can be expanded upon further at a later time not in this story at all i would suggest then and this might be something that i add back into cat and the key of kindness is that the sorrow spud is able to take the energy of the host that it's attached itself to and that it's growing parasitically with, it's able to mimic it and adapt to it. So almost like a symbiote, right? It can mimic and reproduce some of its abilities, which is why, potentially, this would be a really fun idea, when Cat and Hiss have escaped from the labyrinth of loneliness, they are still able to 
encounter and fight and you know what let's six ranger this up and have hiss the moth grow bug join in with the other grow bugs in their combination to complete it to cut off the spud monster thing 100% from the sorrow spud and have it be destroyed it withers away it blows up whatever it does but I think that would be a cool extra dimension to add to it and that's a, a way to keep the sorrow spud interesting in later appearances now because the sorrow spud is a potato mimicking type thing it would have growth underground and it would spread from there its network or its net that it would catch things in in order to incorporate them into itself and ensure its persistent persistent life so what I'm thinking is somehow this is a note to pay attention to Hiss was rooting around in the ground for something one of her grow bag act, grow bug activities which is G-R-O-B-U-G no W there and while she was doing that she was afflicted by a spore or caught in the spud network and due to that she became trapped by it and I do not know what story that was for but I also don't really think it matters and I kind of don't want to elaborate on it moving on from that I had considered making Hisp, Hisp, not Hisp, Hiss the Moth, somebody who is very much in alignment with Russell the Moth as far as being a cautious person. And I was considering having her story be one, the story that she tells to the Growbuck Cadets be one that focuses on the virtues of caution. However, thinking all this out, I do not see where her being cautious is relevant or hinted at in the story of Cat and the Key of Kindness. I almost think the opposite could be true. And maybe, <laughs> maybe Chirp can give Russell a hard time about that that Cat reached out to Hiss and made friends with her and it solved a lot of problems. But she was only able to do that because she had the courage and the outgoingness to a certain extent to go ahead and do that. And Hiss was almost kind of trapped in an introverted way where she was reclusive and secluded to herself while suffering and wanting warm interactions with others but unable to get them. And when Kat shook her from that, she was able to bring her out. So, does that mean that Hiss is a timid, withdrawn, quiet kind of person? Or would it suggest that perhaps she's the opposite and maybe the spud use that aspect of her to fuel its activities as her to draw others in to the labyrinth of loneliness. That would make sense. 
what I'm trying to wind up to is should Hiss's point or lesson be the importance of boldness and taking action that is good that you're not sure will work. Does that have anything to do with faith and trust? And can that be part of what she's saying? Not the hippy-dippy, trust the process, everything's happening to you, no, for you, not to you, idea that Wisp brought up, but maybe something, I guess, related to that, which is that you don't know what's going to happen until you try, so you may as well try, and you might just surprise yourself and do something amazing. Like, depending on her personality, I can see her lamenting being stuck as the spooktator and not thinking that was something good at all, or not focusing on trying to see the good in it, except for the fact that when someone took a chance on her, she was able to get free. And then when she took a chance with them, they were able to get free faster and permanently. And you know what, now, this is making me think I might need to rearrange the scenario a little in the cat book in order to make it so that Hiss coming out of the labyrinth and then facing the monster is what brings it to the point where they have to, where they get to combine. And it's less that she's going to play the six ranger role and that Cat's going to randomly come up with the idea for them to combine. And it's going to be more that she sees that something's wrong and something's not working. Their attacks are ineffectual. So she goes in and gets Hiss at that point, brings Hiss out, and then Hiss suggests that they implement the power of teamwork much as Kat had done teamworky stuff with her to free her from the labyrinth that now they will free themselves as a group by working together as a team and that is when we have the climactic moment of them combining and then having combination robot growbug uh, growbug knight battle against the mad unleashed crazy spooktator that sounds like a better idea and i think it will require minimal rewrites in cat and the key of kindness and the lesson of being bold and taking and making calculated risks in order to succeed and achieve something great can be very good foreshadowing for stuff that happens later in the book with the heroic deeds undertaken by the cadets when things are at their worst for the robot camp. So perhaps I need to come up with a tiny synopsis and outline of what Hiss's story is going to be at this point or rather the story that she's going to tell the Growbug cadets assembled there because the stage is hers and she's here to share with them the theme object point of her story is being bold and taking action when you see a wild chance for success especially when things are at their worst
because sometimes those wild, bold, outlandish moves are just the thing that you need in order to succeed and achieve your goals. That being the case, which by the way, I did not come up with a summary or a synopsis or a outline for this section. I know that. It's too bad. But thinking about that and thinking about her character, I think that she's going to be very brash and bold and that Chirp's actually going to like her. <laughs> Maybe best of all. And that she won't let necessarily Glimmer introduce her to the crowd. She's going to come into the circle and she won't be introspective and quiet like Kya was. And uh, she won't be hippy-dippy like uh, the last one, like the butterfly, um, like Wisp. She will just go out there and be super extroverted and, hey, Grubba Cadets, I've got a story for you. Listen up. You're going to like this one. And you're going to like it. And you might even want to try it sometime on your own. So I'm breaking in to say that I actually did... 10 minutes of writing earlier today. I uh, just typed on the keyboard. I, I actually wrote down that summary that I mentioned earlier in this audio, and I put it at the top of chapter seven of Growbuck Tales. And I've done some reworking and some rethinking, and I was inspired to rewrite it. Well, basically the rewriting that I did today was to change the fight that the three Growbugs have with Spooktator so that they fight it and defeat it on their own, sort of, uh, but just like in Super Sentai and Power Rangers, once the thing is defeated in its first form, you know, it then grows giant or whatever. It's not going to grow giant. It's just, it's going to be defeated. They're going to have a false moment of victory. They're going to realize something's bad. Then Cat will go into the labyrinth, do everything with Hiss, and then when Cat and Hiss emerge, like I was just saying, they will, or Hiss will have the great idea of, hey, let's combine. We can do this. And there'll be maybe a question asked about that and she can say I know we can you know if we're going to be friends you got to trust me and I'm going to do everything I can to help you Ooh, that's even nice I like that I'm going to do everything I can to help you and we're going to you know overcome this guy and uh, you know just watch what we grow bugs can do or something like that because I do have a line in there about like well is that possible I don't know with all our grow bugs are done maybe they can uh, so yeah, I think that'll be fun. And of course, that's like a little Easter egg callback, or Easter egg, yes. a little callback to uh, for people who've read the other books. They'll know that Harmony <laughs> turned into a common writer, basically, and uh, Ava turned into an Ultraman, uh, Ultra Woman, Ultra Girl, whatever, uh, with swoosh. So, uh, yeah, it, it's within the wheelhouse of them to somehow turn into a you know magical robot. What does that robot look like? I don't know yet. Um, I'm going to start working on cover designs though uh for all five slash six books and um i have a great idea but that's just a tangent i won't be designing the robot now i'm gonna wait you know hopefully i can do all of the or the plan is to do all of the cover designs within a week uh maybe you know 10 days at the most and then i will i guess have to come up with a little bit of a design for that mecha but i don't know just some ideas i'm a little concerned about what it's going to look like. And I'm glad earlier when I was writing, this is a lesson to learn. I'm glad earlier when I was writing uh, this, I don't know, a month or so ago that I just, or maybe it was two months ago now, I didn't focus on, well, I, I need to have a, a praying mantis uh, crane and a 
uh, a ladybug jet and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't waste my time or energy on that at all. I just let it be and left it open for me to come and fill the gap in later, uh, which is what I'm going to do. But not quite yet. I got a, got a little more writing to do. But uh, right now I was thinking about this uh, based on these new revelations I'm having about piss and the fact that her personality or her like main focal point her worldview is seen through the lens of friendship uh friendship and maybe unity i thought oh that's perfect for her being like the super sentai one right um so uh not according to don brothers but anyway uh i got an idea for what to do to have her address the grow bug circle and i'm gonna go ahead and start that dictation now cadets I'm his and I'm so glad to be here I've been watching all of you and I've noticed that while you all get along I can see a spark of friendship I can see a few sparks of friendship between some of you. That's great. Back when I was a cadet, my friend Pop and I got into so much trouble. What happened was, we were on this trek around the camp, and Pop thought she saw something. She went after it and got lost, so I went after her and... I beg your pardon, Glimmer butted in. But now is not the time, Hiss. Hiss turned to Glimmer and chuckled. Sorry, you're right. The point is, cadets, we helped each other out of a situation. And had we not been there for each other, it wouldn't have ended well for either of us. This story is a new one. It happened not too long ago, and it's about another friend. Actually, a few friends that I met. After I had gotten lost, too. I was on my way back from a mission where I, well, actually, never mind. I'll tell you about that some other time. The point is, it was getting late and the sun was already about to come up. So I stopped to rest. When I wake up, something's wrong. I can't quite tell what it is. It turns out I was in a sour Sorrow, Spud Patch. Growbugs have encountered Sorrow Spuds before, and they are not something that can easily be ignored. They are nasty, parasitic plants 
that spread themselves out like a spider's web. Anything that gets caught in them, they can drain life energy from. And in my case, it turns out it was able to do even more. I became trapped in a cage. <laughs> a cage that I could have gotten out of the whole time. The sorrow spud and I formed some sort of connection that flowed both ways. It was able to pull life energy from me while keeping me alive enough to use my powers to help pull in more victims for it to drain life out of. The way it trapped me was it stole all my joy. I couldn't feel happiness. I felt completely alone. Like no one would be looking for me. No one was out there and no one wanted to help me. It was a really terrible feeling. And for whatever reason, that sadness, that hunger, and that desperation would only feel better when I was doing exactly what the sorrow spud wanted me to. Why am I standing here today in front of you telling you this story? Well, obviously, it's because I got out. How did I get out, though? This was really weird. This girl cat and her cousins ended up trapped in this labyrinth of loneliness that the sorrow spud and I created together. I became trapped in this cage, but because of my powers, part of me was able to roam around this maze as a strange ghost-like figure. It was me and I was it. It was my light, but it was dim, almost a shadow. It was always tied to me, but I could move around with it or move it around while I stayed stuck in my cage. And The first kid who I met that day is now my good friend. Her name is Kat. And she reached out to me when no one else did. She was lonely, just like me. But she was really brave, too. After she and her cousins had gotten out of the labyrinth, I was so desperate to get them back, to not feel lonely anymore, to try to take 
their happy memories so I could feel happy again that I summoned all of my strength with the encouragement of the sorrow spud and my ghost turned into a monster that attacked the kids. They were able to defeat me. It, the rampaging spooktator, but then the sorrow spud took over and put all of its force into getting this monster back up on its feet, attacking the kids again. And it was going to... And it was so desperate that it attacked them more fiercely. That's when Cat came in. She offered me friendship and helped release me from my cage. It turned out that she was kind to me that when she it turned out that when she was kind to me and offered me friendship the bars of my cage didn't work anymore I was free I could see my way out and I took it as soon as I could you would think that would be the end of the spooktator monster outside of the labyrinth but it wasn't like I said somehow the sorrow spud patch the sorrow spud was able to take some of my power and energy and life force for me and it used that to make the spooktator monster even stronger and more powerful the labyrinth disappeared but the monster remained and cat and i could see that the grow bugs and her cousins were in trouble So we rushed over to them as quickly as we could, and I had this crazy idea. The three of them had been fighting the Spooktator monster on their own as a team. Each one would do something different, because that's all they could do. But it was a big monster. And we were little grow bugs. But we don't always have to be little. What if we could combine our power and become something bigger and stronger that could defeat 
that could match the Spooktator and defeat it and hopefully destroy the whole Sorrow Spud once and for all. The kids weren't so sure, but the other grow bugs knew that we could do it. So we merged into something like the image of a warrior that cat and the other kids had seen before. And together, we defeated the Spooktator and destroyed the sour Sorrow Spud patch. Comment, it's just supposed to be Sorrow Spud, not Sour Spud, but probably because of Sour Patch Kids, Sour somehow keeps getting in there. End note. So I'd say it's time to stop dictation and start to comment. I just came back from being interrupted. I don't know what happened, but I will wrap this up by telling you the goal was to write chapter seven of Growbug Tales. What ended up happening was I wrote, I rewrote uh, a little bit of uh, Cat and the Growbug, which corresponds to this because Hiss is the Growbug in Cat and the Growbug, and then she's the focal point or the one telling the story in chapter seven of Growbug Tales. However, I went back and rewrote part of that story and I think I improved it by doing that and I also came up with a whole new titling structure for the chapter book as well as the picture books and if I want to make more picture books in the future I now have a format to follow and it will make sense it'll be distinct it'll maintain the a consistent branding and if I do a bigger Growbug Tales book or other Growbug Tales chapter books like this first one, I'll be able to come up with titles for all of them or subtitles for all of them that will unite them and it'll be obvious, okay, this is a bigger chapter book, it's a prose, if there's no, you know, pictures with it except, you know, cover image maybe in chapter headings perhaps and these other books are obvious. So it, it won't be like super blatant, but once you, there is an easily detectable pattern and it makes it easily understandable that all of them are in a series together despite the fact that some are picture books and some are uh chapter books or novellas or whatever they're going to end up being and i don't currently plan on writing an additional growbug tales chapter book but if i were going to i would know how to and i could go ahead and write about anything which i think is interesting um and i, I like that flexibility it makes me feel free and it makes me feel like with that bit of planning that i did i'll be able to like I said, have the freedom to maneuver however I want to going forward with the Growbug books. But also, it's given me a really strong central idea of how to brand books for series going forward. And that really makes me pleased because I have a whole huge superhero uh, book idea universe, Holy Heroes, which I've mentioned before. And I now have this new <laughs> separate uh, universe um, idea that I want to do that I'll talk about later. But 
So, yeah, the plan was to write Chapter 7 of Growbug Tales. I didn't. I instead wrote, I rewrote and renamed, rebranded Growbug Tales Cat and the Key of Kindness. That is now book four in the Growbug Picture Book series. So, you see there with the title, it focuses on the kid, not the Growbug. Growbug is in the title. Uh, it used to be Cat and the Growbug, now Growbug Tales is the main title under that it identifies that it's about cat and then there's something about this key of kindness. So uh, I don't know if all of them have an emotion. They're all either an emotional title or an action title related to the kid and it's possessive. So cat's key of kindness, Zev's such and such, Rex's whatever. And that's how they'll be distinguished. And you can say, Oh, it's the Rex book, the cat book, the whatever book. And that all makes sense. So I also, did make good solid notes for going back into chapter seven. And now with the rewrites that I've done in cat and the key of kindness, I now have a much better understanding of the personality of hiss. And I actually did dictate a little bit of that, which is in this recording. So, uh, I was momentarily confused about the reality of the situation. And, uh, I think I'm going to have, uh, once the transcript of this episode is done, I think for my own benefit from my own notes, I will have uh, ChatGTP uh, read the transcript and give me the highlights and tell me like what did I accomplish by the end of this um, episode of Story Over Everything, which is going to be, again, Story Over Everything episode 22. And I think I like this format. It's an hour long. I did not expect it to go this long. And we'll see how long the future writing focused, writing in public focused episodes are of Story Over Everything. But I'm happy that I'm writing. I feel good writing. And I think making it a priority has really pushed it in my mind. It's really sparked my imagination in a lot of ways. I honestly was feeling, even yesterday or the day before, I was feeling very much stuck and how I didn't know how I was going to proceed. And I kept thinking about it and analyzing it and trying to come up with, you know, figuring, well, what's my formula? What's my layout? I don't really have a layout. It's just like, or a outline. I just have these broad strokes, but they're basically enough. And I'm not going to say what the outline is right now, but it's a structure that makes sense for the story. And I, I even tried to have ChatGTP determine a outline for me, and it ended up coming up with the exact same outline that I had formed based on all the information I'd given it, which I guess kind of makes sense. But um, it was really interesting. It was really interesting to use that tool. And I'm figuring out different ways to use it, and I'm getting smarter at using it. And I'm it's interesting. It's I'm a little less satisfied so far because it hasn't given me like any exact content. Um, like it's given me blurbs, but I, I rewrote or I wrote my own blurbs and I've maybe stole a line or two from, um, some of the, uh, AI blurbs that I got from it and incorporated them into mine, but I'm really overall going to probably use mine and not really mess with them too much, but, uh, it's cool. I've been asking it to rate my blurbs or rate my writing. If it, I even asked it to rate, uh, cat in the key of kindness. And I was less than thrilled with the score. Um, but I think maybe it lacks context. I might need to talk to other tokusatsu fans um, to see how they like it. But I, I did reread it today. Um, I was reading it to my wife and there were a couple things in it that I didn't like. And I thought, hmm, well, maybe I'll revise those and maybe it's right that it could be written better than it is now. So I should definitely check that out. But anyway, that's the end of my journey for now. This uh, work on chapter seven slash book four of the Growbug series or Growbug Tales. And that's all the progress I've made. Like I said, if you want to look at the uh, show notes, the actual show notes on the website, I'll have a, con- a condensed or summarized version of everything that came out of this episode and it'll be done for me by chat GTP and I'll run through and I'll just like 
do some proofreading, correct spelling, things, and things like that. So anyway, uh, that's it. That's this is me on my latest step in my author journey. I'm using these AI tools and I'm figuring out how to cultivate a discipline and a consistency so that I am writing more and more and more and becoming a better author because I want to get this stuff done as soon as possible. Anyway, until next time, folks, take care. This is MJ signing out. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.